Hey, my name's Jeremy, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Shelter Cove. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I firmly believe you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be inspired, but most of all, that God's going to do something through this message that's going to move you closer to Jesus. Thanks again for tuning in. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Let's try that one more time, 930. How's everybody doing today? Good. Hey, so glad that you're here with us today. My name is Jeremy, one of the pastors here. And if this is your first time here, I just want to say welcome. So glad that you're here with us today. I want to give a shout out to those in the loft, also those joining us online. And I'm reminded again that we serve a God of miracles. Amen. How do I know that? The 49ers are five and oh, right? God's just still doing great things. Hey, if you have your message notes, grab those out. Grab your Bibles. Meet me in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to have a blast today as we dive into God's Word. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. One of our ushers will get one to you in just a moment. We're in a, a series Title Deeper, First Peter, diving in there, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Before we dive into the message today, just want to say I am so excited about Saturday, October Bless. This is an opportunity for us to be uh, loving towards our community. So I just want to say thank you in advance for all of you that are giving candy, serving, helping. I'm just really, really excited. Don't forget to bring your friends. This is a great opportunity to introduce your friends to church, but more importantly, to Jesus. And then also, we've got baptisms today. Super excited about that. I just want to echo what James said. If you're here today and you haven't signed up to be baptized, but you are a follower of Jesus, uh, we would love to have you get baptized as a follower of Jesus. First Peter, powerful book. He's talking about suffering. The Christians were in the midst of a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of persecution. And here's why this is so relevant. So many of you here are in the middle of that. You've got health issues. You've got relational pain. You've got financial pain. And so what Peter is talking about is extremely relevant to every single one of us. And he talks about a couple different things. He talks about the hope that we have in Jesus and the fact that we're to live holy lives. He keeps reminding his listeners that, yes, you are suffering, but don't forget about the hope that you have in Jesus. This hope is not wishful thinking. This hope is confidence, not because of anything that we've done, but because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, him dying on the cross in our place for our sins. Salvation is a gift. And he's reminding the Christians there that, hey, as much suffering as you have this life on earth, this is as bad as it gets. Because there will be a day where there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more heartache, when we will be in the presence of Jesus. Church, I cannot wait for that day. And then he's also reminding them, in the midst of that, live a holy life. And we're going to be talking about some, some difficult verses today to live out. I just, I just want to prep you for that. These verses that we're looking at today probably won't be ones that you post on your social media because they're difficult to live out. I mean, I think about some of the verses we post on social media, like God is love, right? That's just great, powerful, love it, but it, it, it makes us feel all warm and bubbly. A lot of times you won't see wives post on their Instagram, wives submit to your husbands, right? You don't see that verse, right? Or 2 Timothy, where Paul says uh, to Timothy, uh, join me in my suffering, dot, dot, dot. You, know, you don't see that on Instagram, you don't see Mark chapter 10 where Jesus said, everyone will hate you because of me. Like, be encouraged. Have a great day, right? We don't see that. These verses that we're looking at today, they will cut our hearts to the core. 
And here's what I love about that. When we allow our hearts to be cut to the core by the word of God, it allows for the most life transformation. And so I am excited. I am encouraged. I am passionate to read what Paul is writing about today. Let's stand as we honor the reading of God's word. Today, we're looking at the power of submission. The power of submission. First Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 13. Peter writes, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it? If you sin and are beaten for it, you endure. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Heavenly Father, right now in this moment, we invite you, we ask, we beg that you would change us. Not simply our behavior, but but would you change our hearts? That we would live lives that ultimately bring you glory, honor, in praise. God, I pray for your help. I pray that you would take over my mouth, my mind, my heart, and that you would boldly, that you would clearly, that you would passionately proclaim your word through me today. We love you. Speak to us now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The, the power of submission is what we're talking about today, and I believe one of the things that Peter wants to emphasize is that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are walking advertisements of who Jesus Christ is. In other words, there are a lot of people that will never put a foot in a church, that will never read the Bible, and their only understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, of who Jesus Christ is, is watching the way you live your life. And so what, what kind of an advertisement are you communicating about Jesus? You know, there's some interesting advertisements that I've seen on the, the sides of churches. Here's, here's a couple that were online uh, that are horrible advertisements. We love hurting people. Probably don't want to go there, right? Yes, we love people that are hurting, but hey, come to our church, we're going to hurt you. No, bad advertising. Don't let worries kill you. 
Let the church help. Oh, wow. That is absolutely horrible. And here's my favorite one, all right? It says, do you know what hell is? Question mark. Come here, our preacher. It's just horrible. Just horrible. And again, Peter, in this, this letter, 1 Peter, he's constantly talking about the hope that we have, and this is what it means to live a holy life. And today, to live a holy life, which is separate, different, he's saying, I want you to live a life of submission. I want you to live a life of submission. Because ultimately, a life of submission reveals a life that's submitted to God. What is submission? This is what it is. It's voluntarily placing yourself other, under another's authority. All right? It's, it's, it's a choice. Voluntarily placing yourself under another's authority. Now, ultimately, we need to be people that are submitting to God. Well, how do you know if you're submitting to God? Well, if there's anything in your life where you are walking in direct disobedience to God, you are not living a life of submission to God. Say the other way of looking at that is if there's something God is asking you to do, prompting you to do, and you're not doing it, you're not living a life of submission to God. And so what Peter's going to do in this passage and next week, you don't want to miss next week, all right? Let me just prep you uh, verse one of next week. Wives, submit to your husbands. Hello, all right? We're going to have some fun next week, all right? But what he's talking about today and next week is he's identifying the most difficult areas for you and I to submit. Because at the end of the day, it's not about who the president is. It's not about who the governor is. It's not about who our boss is. It's not about our teacher. It's not even really about our spouse. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's ultimately about God. And that's what Peter wants us all to understand is when we are daily living a life in submission to the Holy Spirit, that will manifest itself in several different ways. And so there's three, three ways that he's going to tackle, and we're going to look at two of those uh, today. First of all, he says, submit as a citizen. Submit as a citizen. So even if you're a Canadian, submit as a citizen, all right? That's supposed to be a joke. You're supposed to laugh at that. That was funny. Submit as a citizen. This is what he says. He says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. Very simply, Peter's saying, I want you to live a life where you are allowing yourself to be under the authority of the government. Why? Because every, every institution that was created was created by God. Every person that's in a position of authority when it comes to the government, they've allowed to be there by God. And Paul echoes this. Paul says in Romans chapter 13, he says, for there is no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God. Jesus put it very clearly, give to to God what is God and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Now, don't miss out on the implications of this. During this time where Peter's writing this and when Paul wrote that in Romans, uh, the emperor was Nero. He, he was arguably the most wicked leader there's ever been. In fact, he was, he was the role model for Hitler. I mean, he, he was barbaric. He was cruel. He persecuted Christians. 
tortured Christians, responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands. We don't even know many. Most likely killed a whole lot more people than Hitler. And he was responsible for the death of Paul and the death of Peter. Paul was beheaded. Peter was hung upside down on a cross. And both of these men are saying, honor not just the government, honor the emperor. And they knew exactly who they were talking about. Now, now, now the one way that, that we will not honor the government or the emperor is anytime the government asks us to do something that's in direct contradiction to the word or the will of God. Why? Because our allegiance is first and foremost always God. And if that ever contradicts uh, what the government wants us to do, our allegiance always goes to God. We see this in Acts chapter 5. What happened in Acts chapter 5? The gospel's breaking out everywhere. Christians are growing. People are coming to know Jesus. The apostles are constantly sharing their faith. People are getting baptized. And these apostles, these Christian leaders, are, are charged with a command from the government. Quit telling people about Jesus. So guess what they do? They keep telling people about Jesus. I love that. They're rebels with a cause, right? Why? Because that's one area of their life. They're like, we're not going to respond to government. We're going to respond to God. And so they get arrested. They're tried. And they said, we would rather obey God than obey men. Now let's get very practical. If there's ever a time in our country where the government says, stop praying, we will not stop praying. If the government ever says, you can't read your Bible anymore, we will keep reading our Bibles. The government ever says, stop sharing your faith. We will keep sharing our faith. If the government ever says, hey, it is now mandatory because of our population that you must have abortions, we won't do that because that's murder. Don't think that we're not going to ever get to a place where that's going to happen because there's a great possibility. Who knows what's going to happen down the road that that could be a very big possibility. But Peter's saying, hey, you need to submit to the government, unless it's in direct contradiction to Jesus. There's always going to be leaders we don't trust. There's always going to be laws that we don't like, like speeding. There's always going to be taxes we don't want to pay, but we, we, we should be the best citizens. We should be law-abiding citizens. I remember it was a couple years after I started uh, working here at Shelter Cove. We lived at, in Riverbank about 13 years ago. We had an event here at night. It was freezing out. I was driving home. I was tired. And uh, there was a DUI checkpoint right outside of, uh, on Oakdale, going north from Clarabelle. And I said, they said, hey, can you show your driver's license? I'm sure, here's my driver's license. And they said, sir, can you pull over? Like, what? The only thing I had was root beer. Like, like, what's going on? So I pull over, and they're like, do you know you have an expired license? I'm like, seriously? It's like, hook a brother up, give, give me a break. Ended up getting out of my car. I'm standing behind my car, talking to a police officer. Uh, one of the pastor's wives drives by. <laughs> with his son, and they look at me, and I'm like, hey, they're like, hey, Pastor Jeremy, and they keep driving. Okay, side note, if you ever see me next to my vehicle and a police officer is there, please offer me a ride, all right? My car gets towed that night. I walk home. It's 38 degrees, but I I can't complain. Do you know why? Because in that moment, I didn't mean to, but I was not a law-abiding citizen. But again, hook a brother up next time, all right? Just keeping it real. (laughs) Submit as a citizen. And and here's what happens. Three three different things happen when we submit as a citizen. Don't miss this. First of all, notice the influence of submission. 
when, when you submit as a citizen, people are going to notice. Again, we should be the best citizens, the most law-abiding citizens. Peter puts it this way. He says, for this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. There should be people that, that say, you know what? I, I just don't know what's up with these Christians. They're, they're, they're so submissive. They don't do anything wrong. That was the case of Daniel in Daniel chapter six. People wanted to accuse him. They wanted to trap him. So they're like, hey, let's find a law that he's breaking. They couldn't do it. Because he was a man of such integrity, they had to come up with a law where it says, you can't pray anymore. And of course, what does Daniel do? He keeps praying. He gets arrested. He gets thrown into the lion's den. Should have been killed. What happens? God sends angels, shuts the mouths of the lions, and spares Daniel's life. But you know what happened? People were influenced. Why? Because he was, he was a law-abiding citizen. Second of all, what happens is we see the motivation of submission. What's the motivation for us submitting to our government? Well, he says it very clearly in verse 16. He says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Living as servants of God. If you've got your Bibles out, underline that. Our motivation for submitting to the government is that we are servants of God. Yes, we're free. We're free from sin. We're free from ourselves. We're free from the Old Testament law. We've been saved by grace. But just because we're free, it doesn't mean that we have the license to do whatever we want. No, we are servants to God, which means now we are his slaves. He is our masters. And as we live in submission to God, ultimately, we should be living in submission to the government. Some of you have had the privilege to rescue a dog that's been in some kind of a shelter. In fact, raise your hand if you've ever rescued a dog or animal. It's tons of you guys. And it's, it's amazing what happens because this animal gets a brand new life. Instead of being in a cage, locked up, no hope, they go to your house. They can roam around there. There's freedom. Does that mean they can do whatever they want? No. They got to live according to your rules. You call the shots. You call the standard. It doesn't mean they can do, use their freedom to, as a license to, to live however they want. They still need to be submitted to you, but they got, they got this brand new life. This is what he's telling these Christians. Hey, you've got this brand new life as a follower of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't mean it's a license to sin. Live as servants of God. And so we see the influence. We see the motivation. But lastly, notice in your notes, we see the character in submission. And I love this because Peter is so simple and he's so clear. He's so clear. This is the character of people that are living in submission, specifically to the government. He says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. I love how he says honor two different times. For us to live lives of submission, the character of our hearts needs to be honor. Now, I love this because not only does he say honor everyone, but he simply says honor the emperor. Hey, that, that, that mean, horrible, nasty, wicked emperor Nero, as a Christian, you honor him. You honor him. 
Now let's just let's just get real practical just just right now. There's nothing wrong with talking about politics, and I think as Christians we should be engaged in that. We need to we need to uh, fight for what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Yet we should do that with gentleness and respect. But you know and I know there are so many Christians where all they do is bash people in government positions. Every word that comes out of their mouth is dishonorable. So so let me just be really simple and really blunt. If that's you, stop posting on Facebook. Stop having conversations about politics. If you want your kids to see what it means to honor those in government, start praying. When's the last time you prayed for the president? When's the last time you prayed for our governor or city? What it, to train and teach our kids that, hey, it's not about who we agree with, who we like, who we dislike. God has called us as followers of Jesus Christ to submit as a citizen. And one of the most powerful ways we do that is pray. Submit as a citizen. Second of all, he's going to go on and say, submit as an employee. Submit as an employee. Now, with this, he's talking about servants. He's talking about slaves back then. And, and, and for us, it's the people that we work for. We're, we're submitting to our employer, our boss, uh, the person that we ultimately work for. Now, back then, again, not only was it difficult to submit to the government, but it was also difficult to submit to your master, the person that you reported to, because about half of the Christians at this time were slaves. Half the population were slaves. Lots of them were domestic slaves, which means they had to help out with the cooking, the cleaning. Uh, they had to do all of the stuff in the help, the house, help out with the kids, just do whatever. They had to be at the beck and call of their master. Kind of like me with Kelly. I have to be at the beck and call of my wife all of the time. Not really. Um, but the reality is, is this, was a, this was a rough thing because a lot of these slaves were treated horribly. When they didn't do the right thing, they were abused. They were treated disrespectfully. And yet in the midst of this, Peter says, I want you to, I want you to submit to your masters. Now, moms and dads, don't miss this. This is critical. For our kids to grow up and submit to the government, for our kids to grow up and submit to their boss, their employer next week, if they're going to submit to their spouse, we need to be intentional to, to teach our kids to submit to the Lord. And the most practical way that they do that is submitting to us, which means that they are voluntarily, or sometimes not, submitting to the authority of both mom and dad. Now, this is what it means in our household. I want to love my kids. I want Drew, Hallie, and Jake to grow up and live lives of submission because that's what it means to honor God. We're seeing that in this text this week and next week. So yesterday, I sat down with Hallie. She's nine years old. She is a spunky, firecracker personality. That She's a fiery redhead, church, all right? And uh, yesterday, I sat down with her and just just gently, lovingly, but very directly reminded her, hey, when dad or mom asks you to do something, you will not say no, and you will not say, I don't want to. Because I want to teach her to ultimately submit to God. Because if she does that when she's older as a spouse, as an employee to the government, things will not go well, and she will not honor God. So that's on us, mom and dad, to train, to teach, to encourage, to inspire our kids to ultimately submit to God. 
And so notice in this whole submitting as an employee, two things. Number one, the depth in submission. The depth in submission. I want you to, to submit to your boss, your master, but it can't be shallow. It has to be deep. And this is what he says. He says, servants be subject to masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. I, I love this because he says, with all respect. Some people will say, respect isn't given, it's deserved. How many of you have heard, heard that said before? Several, several of you. No, Peter's saying, no, respect is just given, period. Why? Because that's what the word of God says. We don't have to earn our respect. As Christians, we're different, we give respect. And so we are honoring and we are respecting our masters, not just if they're just, but also if they're unjust. It, it, it reveals the depth of submission. And why is this so important? Because so many Christians submit in such a shallow way. Hey, I'll submit to my boss if they give me everything I want. I'll submit to my boss if, if I really like them. No, we are to honor and respect and submit to our boss. Now, now, please hear me. Unless they're asking you to do something that's contrary to the word of God. If your boss is asking you to lie, if your boss is asking you to cheat, if your boss is harassing you, if there's sexual harassment, whatever that is, for some of you, it may be time to change your job. These slaves, unfortunately, they can't change their masters. They were stuck. But Peter's saying, live a life of integrity, but show respect. There has to be depth of submission. Paul said it this way in Colossians. He said, slaves in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. He goes on and puts it this way. He says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather, th rather than for men. Work for the Lord rather than for men. Don't miss this. At the end of the day, it shouldn't matter who your boss is. Why? Because God's our boss. Your work ethic should not change based upon your boss, based upon your environment, because ultimately we are living lives that are surrendered to Jesus Christ. Is this hard? Is it difficult? Absolutely. And we don't talk about this enough. Some of you are in a, a job right now where you get no appreciation. You're not valued and you're not respected. As difficult as that is, we keep working and serving. Why? Because ultimately we're doing it for the Lord. He takes it a step further and he, said, he shows the honor in submission the honor and submission. And this is what Peter says. He says, for this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Again, mindful of God. Why are we willing to suffer unjustly? We're mindful of God. For what credit is it? If you sin and are beaten for it, you endure it. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. He's saying two things. Number one, often we will suffer, and we suffer for three different reasons. We will often suffer just because we live in a sinful world, not because we've done anything right, wrong, anything like that. We just live in a world that's filled with pain and suffering. Some of you are experiencing that right now. You've done nothing wrong. It's not because you did something right. Just all of a sudden, 
you got cancer. You lost your job. Not because of anything. There's a second reason why we suffer, and that's because of our foolish choices. And then the third reason, we suffer, we've done everything right. We've gone the extra mile, the third mile, and we are still suffering because of injustice. This is what Peter's talking about here. He's like, some of you, you are suffering, and you're hanging in there, you're persevering, because you've done stupid stuff. In the Greek, it's called stupido, I think. Not really, right? But basically, Peter's like, you guys are just a bunch of idiots. There's, there's no joy in that. But when you suffer, and you've done everything right, you've honored your boss, you've lived a life to please Jesus, and you're still suffering, that's a life that ultimately honors God. Why? Because Jesus was the suffering servant. So don't miss this. Peter's saying, hey, you need to submit as a citizen. You need to submit as an employee. But the real reason why we submit... Thirdly, in your notes, we submit as Jesus did. Submit as Jesus did. And this is what he goes on and he says, he says, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. I love this, this, this Greek word example. Everybody knew what Peter was talking about when kids would learn the alphabet, when all the kids would go to school, they would put a, a thin piece of paper over another piece of paper or a um, piece of block that had letters written underneath it. And their, their task was to copy the alphabet as accurately as possible. That's how they would learn and so Peter's saying the same way when your kids and when you grew up and you had to copy the alphabet, I want your life to be a carbon copy of Jesus. You submit as Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? Jesus did everything the Father asked him to do. Je Jesus suffered he died to himself. It wasn't about what he wanted. It was about the plan that the Father had for him. How would your life be different if you totally submitted and surrendered to Jesus? Well, how, how did Jesus do this? What did this ultimately look like? We see three things. Number one, we see the integrity in submission. We see the integrity in submission. If we're going to submit like Jesus, we have to submit with integrity. And this is what it says. It says, he, speaking of Jesus, committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Jesus never sinned and he never lied. What does that mean for us? Is as we submit to the government, as we submit to our employee, next week as we submit to our spouse, we don't sin and we don't lie. We are constantly living a life of integrity. That means at times we don't just tell our boss what we think they want to hear. We're not just people pleasers, we're God pleasers. We see the integrity in submission. Second of all, we see the faith in submission. We see the, the, the faith in submission. And this is what Peter goes on and says. It says, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten. But he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Church, this, this is hard when I think about it for a moment because when Jesus was up on the cross, he had people spitting at him. He had people mocking him. 
Like as much as I love the Lord, I think if I were up on that cross, I'd be like, God, I'm going to fulfill your plan. I'm going to fulfill your purpose, but give me one minute because I'm going to lay the smack down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like deep down inside, like I'm, I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. And go ahead and put that verse back up there. What, what, did, what did he do? He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In other words, you know what? If, if I'm not treated right by these people, I'm just going to trust the Lord to take care of it. I'm not going to take it into my own hands. God, you've got my back. And the real issue is, is do we really trust God? Do we, do we really trust that God's going to take care of us? Do we really trust that he's going to take care of every single one of our needs? Do we really trust that God has our back? Or do we have to take matters into our own hands? Because at the end of the day, Jesus, who had all of the power to take anyone out, fully entrusted himself to the one who judges. And then Peter ends it with a final word of encouragement. He quotes Isaiah chapter 53. And this is what he says. He needs to, you need to submit. Lastly, in your notes, there needs to be sacrifice. The sacrifice in submission. The sacrifice in submission. And this is what he says. He himself bore our sins on his body, on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. I'll leave this up here just for a moment. It says, by his wounds, you have been healed. Don't miss this. Peter keeps going back to, hey, live a holy life, but here's the hope that you have. Live a holy life. Here's the hope that you have. What's the hope? It's by the wounds of Jesus Christ, you've been healed. You have not been healed from your sin. You have not been forgiven from your sin, freed from your sin, again, because of anything that you've ever done. You will not be good enough to be healed from your sin. There's not a cure outside of the shed blood of Jesus Christ that can set you right before a holy God. And so once again, what Peter is doing is reminding his listeners, hey, I want you to live a holy life, but the reason why you do this is because by his wounds, you have been healed. And he finishes up with this. He says, for you are straying like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. You are lost, but Jesus, the great shepherd, not only went after his sheep, Jesus the shepherd died for his sheep. The power of submission. Submit as a citizen. Submit as an employee. But ultimately, why do we submit? We submit as Jesus did. Let's bow and let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is hard because we have to swallow our pride God, we can't live a life where we have to have control and live this out. Every single day, we have to die to self. And we have to submit to your Holy Spirit.